Hi, babe. My name is Kellyanne, and this is the Vibrant Voice Podcast. If you've got an open mind, a sensitive heart, and soulful approach to the world, this is the compassionate space for you to laugh, heal, grow, and play in. When you're done with this episode, check out the Vibrant Voice on Patreon, where I've already got tons of other podcast episodes never released to the public, ready for you to explore. And then some. For those of you who are new, every version of you is welcome, shame-free in this conversation, and in all the spaces I create online, really. If you've listened to the podcast before, welcome back, baby! Thanks for joining me in this conversational flow today, and before we begin, remember to get some water or something to hydrate you during this episode. You need it, and you deserve the benefit of being a fully watered human. So go do the thing and come back, settle in for this episode of the Vibrant Voice Podcast. I want to introduce this particular episode with the caveat that while you will be hearing some pretty personal stuff from Gary and I, uh, Gary Francois of Gary Talks, G-A-R-I, Gary Talks on Instagram, and I are still talking about shame resilience because, wow, it is such a big topic, and like I say in this episode, there is enough for many episodes in this. Uh, While you will be hearing some personal things, there are two stories, uh, one that is my own and one about a musty relative that I will not be sharing in this space. And I wanted to make sure that you all know that even though one of my shame resilience tools is to talk about it and to, um, to share openly about the shame stories that uh, have been closeted for a while, There is absolutely no reason, and I would not recommend anybody do this, for anyone to share those stories with somebody that you know is unsafe. And in the same way that I know that the internet at large is unsafe in general, I know that it's best to save some things for the private container that I have created on Patreon. So if you want to hear the full length of these stories that I start to talk about in this episode, amongst other things, many other great juicy things, um, that would be the place to, uh, to go and find them, is in the little sanctuary of the Vibrant Voice on Patreon that I've created. And I hope that it is a container where you can go to feel safe and to feel seen and heard without the fear of how you will be received. Because I think that's a big part of why people don't share what they're ashamed of. And also uh, experience (laughs) having tried to share ourselves and that going terribly wrong has also been a big, uh, a big reason why we don't do that and why we uh, put everything in the, in the closet and let it build up some 
musty, musty stank. <laughs> I actually wanted to say, Kellyanne, um, you've actually helped to encourage me out of hiding for sure. In in seeing you, I think you're the first person I have met or know about to openly say they have herpes. I mean, because most people aren't talking about, I guess, unless, for me, it wouldn't come up unless we're, you know, I guess, intimate. And that's what, you know, that's what the conversation was. But like mo- most people I know, we're not talking about STIs, period, let alone when we are talking about things that are now changing our identity and the, our life experience. I remember we talked about this in regards to like a death that happens, right? Because there's a new, there's an old you, there's a new you, pre and post diagnosis. Yes. Um, and you're the only only person I know, like I said, um, to to talk about that. And that is significant to me because it's like an experience that is generally uncomfortable for people to hear um but to see you not hide it um is or when you yeah when you revealed it and like it's on you know it's on your profile it's what you talk about it's like I think when I started following you is like what you were initially talking about and yeah probably yeah and I was like right after city or yeah mm -hmm. and I was like what (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, to me, I didn't feel no way about that because I was like, right. I mean, it's just your life. But I'm like, wow, like, you're not going to, you know, it's not like you should put that away. You're not going to hide that. You're not scared what people are going to say. And I was like, no. (laughs) Kellyanne does not seem to be afraid, at least not in, in the sharing. Like, you talk about the discomfort of it, but it's like, it's more uncomfortable to hide the truth. Um. And also, it's the truth. Like, what am I doing hiding it? That's, I remember that was, I don't know. You just, in hearing, like, the the frankness of it, the, like, it, it also makes me, I'm thinking about the dance, too, the, the undeniability of it, the compulsion of it. Like, why would I hide pieces of myself, um, even if they're unsavory? And I don't know. It's just the first time I'd ever seen or heard somebody talk about their, first of all, medical things out loud. Um, and talk about something that is generally, yeah, considered, people consider a personal thing, like just for yourself and you're sharing it with other people. Um, right. Because medical stuff is usually like, you know, under the, the, the person in the personal folder. But then like, if it's medical and sexual, then it's in like two, per- it's in like four <laughs> personal folders. It's yeah. like layered in there like you really gotta go searching right right and you were just like volunteering the information and it was like huh and it it made me think of like getting ahead of shame in a way like you gotta shame me anyway okay I know because I have my own experience with it and I've I've seen y'all out here shaming me and like and I felt it and all this but like I don't know, just the way you held it as not a shameful thing. That's the thing, you know, you took this thing that was supposed to be shameful or that may, that has been shameful, but you held it in a way that's like, but this is me and I'm holding it close to me. Um, I'm exposing it. I'm, you know, giving it air to breathe. It's not going to get all musty over here. Like, <laughs> and so it doesn't get the stink of shame as much because it's like, 
<laughs> it's already out. Stink <laughs> <laughs> of shame. Yeah, like let me air out my dirty laundry before it gets any more, you know, like stanky than it yeah. already is. Yeah. And I it, it like I think think I have so many thoughts on that. Like I could I could do a whole other conversation about <laughs> like like the the how the practice of talking about having herpes out loud has mm-hmm. changed so many different parts of my life. Like mm-hmm. that's probably going to be like a whole other thing. Right. Um, but I want to say thank you for reflecting that back to me because that has also been one of, you know, in the same way that you um, reflected back to me, a, a, a way of being uh, mm-hmm. that I have wanted to positively influence others um, with uh, this is another way is I wanted to positively influence others by being maybe the first and possibly even also the only person mm-hmm. that other people know has herpes. Mm-hmm. I have wanted to to make sure that that is something that like that other people have in their pockets, even if they don't know me, even if it's not like a a very personal thing. I'm sure that there are like a lot of people, um, you know, from city year, which was, you know, we, we had 200 people per year Mm -hmm. that we were exposed to. So it's like, uh, upwards of 400 people Mm -hmm. who might know me now, uh, as an acquaintance, as a very distant acquaintance who has herpes. And Mm -hmm. even if that's all that they have in their pocket is that one tool, I think, for me, that is also a resiliency tool that I'm giving to other people mm-hmm. is once they have that in their pocket, then if they also themselves experience uh, a herpes diagnosis, whether they are diagnosed or somebody that they care about and maybe want to be sexually active with is diagnosed, then they have this. They have mm-hmm. the, uh, the witnessing of somebody um, who already has herpes saying like, you know, I'm still out here enjoying my life. Right. I, I don't need to hide. And I actually, uh, was able to, um, uh, manifest, um, several partners over the course of, you know, um, uh, what, seeking people to sleep with um, after I came out with my herpes diagnosis and after I accepted it, um, I've been able to manifest partners who not like I sought out people who had herpes, but like they just happened to Mm -hmm. have herpes and it was an easy conversation and we moved past it. And now it's not even a thing. I mean, it's just like a, Uh, like a happenstance as opposed to a like a plus on Mm -hmm. the resume you know right so so yeah thank you for reflecting that to me uh you know a a dream of mine to like be the person be that be the one as my dad has always said Mm -hmm. and um yeah to to um have exposed some people 
mm-hmm. to uh, what I believe is a shame resilience tool. Mm-hmm. Just knowing somebody else who wasn't ashamed of this thing that is so um, heavily stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's also just let me know that I can be safe with you. That's how it feels. Yeah, that too. My part, I think, is the most because I feel like, I don't know, I don't think you're going to judge me. (laughs) And it's felt because it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just such a visceral feeling. Um, I got to think more about it so I can articulate it better to you too because it's something I have thought about because I'm like, you're just a person I trust. And it's because of, you volunteering information that people didn't ask for, for you not hiding and like holding yourself with grace. It's like, well, then I know that if I go over there with my shit, whatever it is, I don't think, or I feel very strongly that Kellyanne would not push me away and make me feel small about it. Like we'd be able to dance about it together type of thing. Yeah. We'll be able to like, uh, it's like I'm standing over here naked yes if you want to be naked you can be naked and other people looking at me going like kind of pulling their shirts up very slowly and i'm like yeah i'm like can i and i'm like yeah take that shit off yeah like they walk to me naked and i'm like cool look at you and they're like no don't look at me and i'm like yeah look at you yeah look at you (laughs) yeah look at you wow you did that Good for, and if you feel like you want to put your clothes on immediately right after and like go back to your life, like cool. Mm-hmm. But like you came and you were naked with me for a minute, and that was very wow. Like the bravery, the courage. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Kellyanne. <laughs> You're welcome. And also, thank you. Thank you for being the kind of person who appreciates that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's wild right, to, that too. <laughs> it's wild to me to think that there are people out there who like think that that's disgusting, and it just mm-hmm. makes me laugh. At the, it's it makes me like laugh to keep from crying, you yeah. know, because I think it's so sad for other people. Mm-hmm. But like, it's funny in general mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. not like you know uh, celebrated by mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. But you know. We're out here celebrating that that nudity, that yes. ne- nakedness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Mm. You're cool, Gary, and I can't wait to get into this <clears throat> next conversation. Yes. <sighs> any uh, any closing thoughts here? Mm. Mm. there's uh i'm thinking about renee brown's tips for um shame resilience and she says there's three which is from what i recall vulnerability like telling the story uh which is also she calls it ordinary courage um empathy and connection um yeah, and I feel like those are three things that we can practice like all the time. 
with ourselves even with ourselves because I think the the journey of shame like you took a very big step with you know proclaiming and sharing it loudly but we also don't have to do that right it's like for the only reason you could do that is because you did it with yourself first too um and like in you know uh in the body keeps the score Bessel's teacher said the greatest source of human suffering are the lies we tell ourselves and I feel that when we're able to just you know tell ourselves our story and let it be heard by ourselves even looking in the mirror writing it down reading it silently like just having moments to truly acknowledge it for ourselves it 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 less it just shame has to lessen because the whole thing is that shame thrives at the must and so when you air it out there's no more mu- it's like hard to get musty if it's out in the sun <laughs> like shame is musty y'all don't fuck with shame <laughs> that's mold mold growing on its own and doing this weird corrupted life thing that we were talking about last time like let it die and let it be something different, you know? It's right. It's thriving. Uh, it's just like mold. Yeah, it's thriving because it's in the darkness. And once mm-hmm. you expose it to light, it suddenly starts to die and mm-hmm. not have, uh, you know, that, that secret That's hiddenness. Right. That no one will understand me-ness. Mm-hmm. That no one will accept me-ness. Mm-hmm. That... Uh, you know, increases that, that mustiness. It's mm-hmm. like, I, there are s- certain people and like, um, I keep, I'm, I'm like, I feel like, uh, you know, it would be nice to, uh, you know, like, uh, close this and like, move, but like, there's so much that's here. And, mm-hmm. and I want to share this too. Um, there's a member of, um, my dad's side of the family who, um, uh, my mom can feel it and my sister can feel it and I can feel it. There's just this mustiness mm. that he carries around mm-hmm. and I have identified it as his shame. And I personally know why I've done some like um, intuitive, uh, almost like medium. I've kind of used my mediumship abilities to like go into the story of like, why he is that way and why it feels so gross mm. to be around him. Mm-hmm. But like his energy carries that like dark closet, like mm. dark back of the closet. Something's been wet and like mm-hmm. moldy and rotting for a long time. Kind mm. of at like essence mm-hmm. in his energy. And like people can feel that. Mm-hmm. people can feel you know you could feel it on me like even though I had this bright persona mm-hmm. which is just me like my default I also had this like closed hiddenness to me mm-hmm. that was not me being real and authentic and owning of um, something that that had changed me I hadn't mm-hmm. owned yet that I was a new person because of this mistake that I felt that I made and this Mm -hmm. new version of myself that I felt that I was living in. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, in addition to uh, vulnerability, empathy and connection, Mm -hmm. I think I would add forgiveness. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> again, that is something that we often think of like forgiveness is something you give to someone else. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that you need to give to yourself. I, I started putting into practice. This is one of my um, shame resiliency tools that I mm-hmm. use in front of other people because uh, I can't help it. I started to say it out loud. Um, mm. Whenever I would make a mistake, I would just say, that's okay. I forgive myself. I mm-hmm. forgive myself. I forgive you, Kellyanne. And I would just like kind of say it out loud mm-hmm. in like the nicest, kindest voice that I could until I really felt like, okay, I don't feel, I don't feel like the tension in my body of like, I made a mistake mm-hmm. anymore. Like I, I, I broke that within myself. Mm. I, I aired it out so that it didn't start to stink. Mm-hmm. And I mm. think by way of doing that out loud, like other people have seen me and have been exposed to that practice. And mm-hmm. like now my, now you, you know, my partner, now my partner, um, has done that i've heard him at least Mm. once uh just saying like dang it i forgive myself Mm -hmm. you know and like Mm -hmm. even if it is kind of like maybe almost a uh begrudging forgiveness right it's still like okay we're we're practicing that that vulnerability of like i made a mistake that empathy of like I've seen other people make mistakes and I've wanted them not to be hard on themselves. And I could want that for myself mm-hmm. and that can reconnection with self of like, mm-hmm. I don't have to stray from who I thought I was before this mistake. Right. I can return to myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. There really is so much here. Cause I was just <laughs> something else. <laughs> let's never end this conversation (laughs) keep going come on this is enough for two episodes now at this at this point i'm like let's just keep you know right right i guess yeah this is this is the thing until we feel complete like this this is where we are yeah because i was thinking about well my favorite definition of forgiveness that i've heard is uh letting go of the hope of a better past and yeah yeah, Whoa. that should that should fucked me up, and I was like, "Damn!" Letting go of the hope of a better past. Right. Wow. Yeah. Because it's 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 like giving up. I think that's why people find it so hard to forgive because it's like giving up this thing that you're that you just said which is Mm -hmm. like the hope of something better having happened and they can't in any way shape or form they cannot like maybe fine you can be happy maybe in another dimension or you know parallel universe that happened but for you in this lifetime it is what it is Mm -hmm. and hearing the self-forgiveness thing helps a lot too like when you make a mistake, because it's already been done, right? There's no, and I, I loved the, the reason I was like, wait, there's so much more to say is what you were saying. Like when the thing about shame and I think mistakes is when we make a mistake, we have, it's almost like, you know, you're on a different timeline or pathway now because you've shifted. But like, I love what you said about your eight, you're allowed to come back to yourself. You know, you don't have to 
I don't know. I'm thinking about the Scarlet Letter too. It's like felt like someone cheated in the story, and then now they got this letter on them, and it's like, no, now you must bear this cross forever. That is it. So you're actually you're not only not able to let go of the past period. It's like right. you have to keep carrying this thing that you couldn't, you can't change either. You couldn't change. You can't change, and well, you're stuck with it now, um, <laughs> and you're not allowed to let it go. And it's like. <laughs> what is this what what strange sentence is this like fuck you you suck forever now goodbye for now goodbye and and Mm. that's that's like coming back to what i was saying about like you know we're we're just like when we encounter shame within ourselves it's like a reaction to a response that we believe other people will have when they Mm -hmm. find out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they will throw us in a cell and they'll lock us away and then we'll just be like rotting and moldy and musty forever Mm -hmm. we do that to ourselves Mm -hmm. we do it to ourselves first first Mm -hmm. and those of us who haven't really dealt with our shame will do that to other people because if you got musty shit in the closet and somebody else with some musty shit, you're going to be like, put that shit back in the closet. Uh, it's already musty over here. Don't add must to the must. Because when you see somebody else cleaning out their closet, you feel like you need to do the same thing. You're like, wow, I should be cleaning out my closet too. Wow, hmm. that's a great idea. But when it's energetically, when it's emotionally, it's like, I don't want to. I know that I should. Mm-hmm. But don't make me don't make me want to go and clean my shit out. Don't expose me to the the act of, you know, like, right. uh, this this emotional hygiene that you're displaying right now because mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's introducing another uh, feeling, which is guilt over mm. not actually paying attention to the things that are rotting within me. Mm. Mm. Cannot. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like if you don't have a healthy relationship with shame, because guilt, shame, and embarrassment can be very uh, connected, then you just, that whole area, I feel like that just makes accountability things really hard. Because, like, the difference from what I know about, like, embarrassment, I feel like, is, like, a smaller version of, like, it's, like, a lighter version of shame. It's not something's wrong with you, but you maybe did something that's, like, you know, laughable. Maybe, like, a little silly. Um, yeah. It causes some discomfort. And then guilt is, like, you know, you did something wrong, but not necessarily, like, a behavior thing versus a personality thing. But, like, if everything, if shame, because shame is an uncomfortable feeling, and it is also a self-reflective feeling, if you're running from that, and you tie all those same among all those things. Like a lot of people feel like embarrassment is also shame. And I'm like, but it's okay to be embarrassed. Like take yourself less seriously. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. But if you don't know how to deal with like those feelings, it's you just avoid it overall. I feel like those are the folks who can't laugh at themselves. It's very hard for them to do so. Um, who be head asses about, no, I didn't say I didn't do that. Yeah. Like <laughs> and like then it makes it hard to be accountable. Then it makes it hard to be vulnerable. Then it makes it hard to do, like, to live a full life. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones, like, pay attention, y'all. Those are the ones who are gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones who are like, I can't accept your reality because mm-hmm. then it would change the what I know within my reality. And then I would mm-hmm. have to start questioning myself. 
myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't do that. I am not in the practice or the habit of questioning myself, of mm-hmm. observing what's going on in all of my little corners. Mm-hmm. That's when you have people who uh, are not accustomed to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like as bad as like a blatant narcissist who's mm-hmm. like, you, what you're saying is completely wrong and you don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's somebody who really cares about you who doesn't realize that they're just not able to like loosen their grip on, let's say, let's say like the closet door that is closed mm-hmm. and that they're like holding on to the handle and they're like leaning up against it and they're like, I'm not going to tell you or show you what's in there because I don't even really fully know. But like, <laughs> I'm just going to say that you're wrong mm-hmm. about what you think is in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There's, there's often this, um, you know, uh, taking oneself too seriously uh, uh, attitude that uh, people embody when mm-hmm. when shame and let's say when shame and guilt mm-hmm. are um, are a part of the equation. Right. And I feel the need to share this story, even though I I hate sharing this story because. I still experience so much guilt, shame, embarrassment over it. Um, But that's, like I said, that's how I know that I need to keep sharing it and I need to keep exposing it so that Mm -hmm. I can uh, clear it out again because I keep tucking it back into the corner and wanting it to go away, but it Mm -hmm. exists. Um. I have been in childcare since I was 12 years old. And uh, that means I've taken care of a lot of babies, a lot of children. Mm -hmm. I've wiped a lot of other people's children's butts. And um, I have done my best to make sure that they're always protected and uh, that I am always um, emotionally protected. I mean, I... When I was in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, I was fortunate enough to work at a world gym that had a child care center. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the people there uh, had a three-month-old that she wanted somebody to nanny and take care of. And I was like, if you can pay me what they're paying me, I will fucking leave here. And I will take care of this adorable baby who just is, like, so easy. But it wasn't easy. Mm. It was a real struggle because for 48 hours, I was taking care of somebody else's child mm-hmm. and um, had to go through the ups and downs of like teething and colic and like all of these things that's like this child is in pain and doesn't know how to express to me like what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've had my fair share of like, ch- okay, okay, here it is me explaining myself before I even get into the story Mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna note that that's what was happening just now and I'm just gonna tell the story okay 
So I don't get into the story, just like I told you at the beginning of this episode, during this uh, public episode here, but I do get into it on Patreon. So if you would like to check out that container and see what it's all about, it's $5 a month and you can try it out, cancel it anytime, or stick around for the beautiful personal and spiritual growth resources that are there and continue to show up every single month. The place you can go is patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash vibrant voice and listen to those stories. I think they're pretty powerful lessons in uh, shame resilience. And also, if you have any interest in developing your intuition, your psychic or mediumship abilities, the uh, story about my relative is another one where I share some of my own uh, sort of investigative mm, tools and experiences, practices. And in the Vibrant Voice side, it would be a space where I would share more of those if y'all are interested. So let me, help, let me know, check it out, head on over and uh, discover all of the uh, details about these, this story that continues to embarrass me and cause me immense guilt sometimes to this day. I love you so much. Thank you for giving yourself the time and space to receive what whatever it is that resonated with you in this episode today. If it did resonate, be sure to subscribe here. Uh, rate us on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Rate us. Rate me. <laughs> Gary's on sometimes, but um, rate this podcast wherever you listen to them. And uh, try out the Vibrant Voice on Patreon because it's a pretty cool space. I love you so much. You are deserving of all the love you desire. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.